Hello, my name is Larry Dobrow. I am the editor-in-chief of MM&M, and I'm thrilled to be with you here today for a podcast conversation with Matt Botkin, who is the Senior Vice President of Business Development for Health Systems at DocCare. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Larry. Nice to be here. All right. We're going to be talking a little bit about improving the utilization of patient affordability programs, which is obviously a hot topic now. It's been a hot topic before. It will continue to be a hot topic. So I'm going to throw a couple of questions along those lines at you, starting with the most ridiculous and broad thing I can possibly ask you. (laughs) Um, When you think about the higher costs of healthcare in the United States, what are some of the trends that contribute to it? You know, certainly there are any number of them. What do you think are the most essential ones? I think the the complexity of our healthcare system is a lot of times misunderstood. A lot of people think it's a simple, we just need to lower drug costs or put caps somewhere and we will uh, fix everything. But we have a very complex system of partnership between private and government. And because of that, uh, different people pay different things. And then a lot of different things go into rising costs from uh, a lot of times, you know, the old 80-20 rule, the top 20% of chronic disease states really push 80% of the costs. And so not controlling diabetes, not controlling COPD and asthma really uh, affect healthcare systems. And so when you don't control those top chronic disease states, you get readmissions, which costs money, um, revisits to the health system, and, and all of that costs money. And then you have things like insurance that drive up costs. We do feel like, um, I feel like at times there are mechanisms that are put in place like PBMs from a pharmacy benefit standpoint that do drive some savings, but then they drive unintended costs in the system as well. So the problem is our, how complex our system is. And so um, really from our standpoint is um, we're not going to fix the whole system. So how can we you know, key in and, and help find uh, savings for patients? Because really we're here to help HCPs uh, take better care of their patients. And so what can we do to kind of you know, play in our backyard rather than try to go out there and fix all costs. Let's let's do what we can to help patients and HCPs uh, get pay- people on their medication therapies, which can drive down individual patients' costs. If that makes sense, it does. Um, and to that um, to that point, um, DocCare has a product, um, DocCare Assist. Tell us a little bit about that and how it helps address some of the issues that you just talked about vis-a-vis affordability. So DocAir Assist is just simply a program uh, utilizing technology to help HCPs be aware of patient savings offers that are out there in the marketplace while they're with the patient and then giving them the opportunity to uh, send those patient savings offers onto the pharmacy and print them and discuss them with their patients. And so kind of a step back and we'll talk about what happens sometimes with uh, medications in the office with the with doctors and their patients. Um, right now, three out of every 10 uh, prescriptions in the U.S. typically goes unfilled. And a large majority percentage of those that go unfilled uh, are purely because of cost. And so um, a lot of times it's not a lot. Uh, 
let's step back and you, there will be people that go, well, there's, you know, programs out there, there are websites that find, you know, you can go in there and, and just type in the, the name of the drug and they'll be able to find a coupon and go, go use it. Um, the 30% that aren't getting filled because of cost, I like to call those deactivated patients. Um, they're not active. They're not activatedly concerned about their health because they're discouraged. Um, so in that, they, they are not the type of people that are Googling for coupons or clipping coupons out of the Sunday paper, if that still is a thing. I'm older, <laughs> so, you know, we used to do that as kids. But I'm right there with you, you, man. <laughs> if you're not a coupon person and you're discouraged about uh, your health, you're not actively trying to find ways to save. You're probably more concerned about rent and how much price of eggs are right now. There you go. Um, and so what happens is uh, maybe they went to Walgreens or CVS or Kroger five trips ago and got blown away by how, how much their medication is now. So what they do is they either don't fill it or they stretch it and try to fill every other one. And that's how drop costs go up because, uh, you know, somebody is trying to stretch their insulin. That's not a good idea. They end up back in the ER and it drives costs up. But how do you inform that patient that there are offers out there? Because we've already said they're deactivated. They're not looking for these things. And really the only way to do it and change patient behavior is to get that patient to have a conversation with their HCP. Now, doctors and nurse practitioners, et cetera, they're swamped with tons of, you know, continuing medic medical education and just their patient panel for the day. They have 10 minutes with the patient. They're, they don't have time to Google for coupons or anything. So you really have to be able to use technology and put that patient savings offer right in front of them. So while they're with the patient, they can say, oh, I just prescribed you X drug. I know you haven't been filling it, um, probably because the co your copay's gotten up to $40. Well, this offer here gives you free uh, six free fills. And so I'm going to send that to the pharmacy, but I'm also going to print this uh, and hand it to you. I, I want you to go fill your medication. And so the printing of it is a tangible piece of paper that reminds the person, because we're all busy with our lives, we get in the car, and she's probably still frustrated about the cost last time, but she looks back down at the paper and says, oh, hey, wow, um, yeah, my doc did tell me this is going to be free for the next six fills. I'll go run by the pharmacy and fill that. Um, and so it's kind of a um, a multiple, it attacks multiple points, which have been ways the system breaks down. Um, the system in the past is broken down because the HCP doesn't have time to find the offers. Uh, the patient themselves aren't looking for the offers. And then we do know that um, in different studies, if you go out on the, um, in a, a National Library of Medicine and look into some of the studies the NIH has done, um, patients only retain a very small percentage of what the doctor actually told them when they're <laughs> in the office. And so you actually need that tangible physical reminder when they're in their car afterwards that says, oh, here is that coupon. Oh, yeah, my doc did tell me about that because they're overwhelmed getting all this information. You know, the brain naturally picks and chooses which stuff to remember. And if, it, if they didn't remember about the doc saying, hey, my med's free. Unless they have something afterwards, 
it's probably not going to happen. And so these are all the things that we're doing with DocAir Assist to help the HCP change behavior, patient behaviors positively so they can fill their medications. How so far have um, HCPs and the rest of the industry responded to DocAir Assist? Um, what are some of the things you've heard? What's some of the, um, some of the feedback? So very positively, um, what, uh, what's really interesting is when I've talked to HCPs who have used it and then uh, a program I've developed before in the past that's very similar is th- they're thankful. One HCP I know, uh, one doc uh, loves the, this visual, and I've heard him talk about it before, but um, you ever seen the visual of an iceberg and it's a little tip on the top and then a huge thing at the bottom? It's like a meme mm-hmm. and there's like they people use it for one. He uses it, used it for our most recent cover, actually, which is but that's a different story. <laughs> well, I should have known that. Apologies. Um, it's, okay. but, <laughs> it's not out yet. You're, you're in the clear here. <laughs> oh, it's not out yet. Yes. Um, but what he talks about is that um, there's terabytes upon terabytes upon terabytes of information mm-hmm. out on the web. And the, the top that's searchable by Google is just that little stick piece that's sticking out on the top. Or um, maybe more is searched by Google, but you just, the doc doesn't have time to go through 37 different pages of Google. So it's really it, what they get on the first page or the second page is that little tip. Um, and so the doc, when they're with patients, this is a primary care doc, um, yeah. they've got 10 minutes with the patient. And so um, I had done a study once um, in conjunction with a, a program I did with NIH at the University of Missouri Health System and the University of Illinois Health System, where we basically looked at um, how much time it took for a doc to click something within the EHR while they're with the patients. And it was 30 seconds. And so if they're going to go and start clicking onto Google, typing and everything, that five clicks, six clicks eats up 30% of their time with the patient. They don't yep. have time to go look for it. And so any mechanism that prevents presents more information that's clinical, that's helpful to that patient while, while they're with the patient is super helpful. And that's, that's what they love because the same HCP said, Hey, a lot of times I would say to my MA, my medical assistant, Hey, can you, when, you know, when they're leaving, can you help them find something on the internet for some sort of whatever patient savings, et cetera. And He's like, over half the time, my MA comes back to me later and says, yeah, when we let got out of here, they had to leave or I, I got pulled away. So not even the, hey, let me have my MA do it for you really yeah. works all that well. And so presenting information that is pertinent to the help for them to, to treat their patient while they're with the patient at the point of care is incredibly helpful to them. Let's shift the conversation a tiny bit. Um, tell me a little bit about data privacy and what DocAir is doing to make sure that through this, it's not violated, breached, or you know, done anything with in a way that would make a patient feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So we're, we're SOC 2 certified, which is one of the mm-hmm. industry standards for um, information security. Um, we went through that process. It's a very painful process for our IT team uh, because <laughs> uh, it's uh, very comprehensive. <laughs> it's very comprehensive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whenever the IT groups go through that, there's always, you know, the, a, a groan of pain. But it's it basically uh, it's a third party that basically comes in and analyzes how secure we are with data and, and, and shows 
um, that we are at the highest standards for data security. And then at the same time, um, we don't store any ongoing patient data. We do have uh, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll pull small pieces of patient data, not anything that can identify the patient specifically, but in order to qualify that coupon. And what I say is um, we don't want to be giving out coupons or patient savings offers willy-nilly. can't believe I just used the term willy-nilly. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we want to make sure it's the right offer for the right patient. And so we pull um, minor pieces of data like age and um, insurance status and gender along with the drug code and those four pieces of data can't identify who that actual patient. So that data is safe. But once we identify it, we dump it out of our cache and it's not stored. And so that's all part of our security mechanism that SOC 2 certifies. Um, but then the last line of defense, if a patient is weary about that type of stuff, there are people out there. Um, they can tell their doctor to opt out and the doctor can send in the information on our platform that, that will uh, opt them out. So there's always that last line of defense for a patient that's that may be like, hey, you know, I don't want you to be sending any pieces of data over anywhere. Yeah, I know it might benefit me, but that's just who I am. There's people like that. No problem. Yeah. And the fact that it, they're accommodated makes this solution, I think, even more flexible. Um, how about this? Tell me a little bit about a specific instance in which DocCare Assist really did cut into an affordability issue and basically eliminate it. So uh, I would say, you know, I was looking at, at, at something like this earlier. Um, we did, we do have patients that are, um, and patient stories that come back to us at times, but when you do have a patient that I, I will talk about, which is near to me and my family as I have family that, that is diabetic is they were mm -hmm. trying to stretch their insulin and knowing my son-in-law, if he ever tried to stretch his insulin, it's just a bad idea. And so, um, the fact that they, we were able to provide patient savings to where they could actually um, get their insulin every time uh, totally blew them away. And it was transformative in their life because just that, you know, you think about it, when, when people are trying to afford medication or something like that, they're also thinking, hey, I've got, you know, rent next month and, you know, I've got you know, maybe they've got kids and, oh man, one of them has to go to a, you know, uh, an event and I really want to send them, um, and you know, food that, um, a lot of times people self-sacrifice for themselves, themselves, for their kids and their family and, uh, send the kids to the event, but don't get their medicine. And, you know, this takes that, that psychological burden off of them that they can go ahead and, you know, live life and do the things they need. And now they still have the ability to get their medicine. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I know this is something which Doc Air has done a very good job of uh, qualifying, but I'm um, quantifying as well. Um, copay cards worth how much exactly have been redeemed so far with the help of um, Doc Air's solutions? So that I would probably have to get with my IT team to tally all that oh. up. Um, <laughs> you can go ballpark here. <laughs> so I, you know, I <laughs> for us, I'll tell you, I don't want to ballpark it for uh, for us just because um, you know we're rolling out different programs and we have different programs that adjudicate at different times. But I will tell you that um, 
from a broader perspective, and this is why we are doing this, you know, there is, you know, billions upon billions of patient savings dollars offered by the pharmaceutical companies uh, because they know people need it because of the way that insurance changes have happened. But only less than 20% of that money goes gets used each year. And to me, which is amazing, that's crazy. Yes, it's amazing. It's it's crazy. And um, it's because there's just there's not been an efficient mechanism until the last few years. You've seen it tick up um, with technology. But once upon a time, you know, it was all just, hey, we will put it on the website or something like that and hope that you know, patient advocates within a health system or a doctor's office go finds it. Um, and so um, we're here to help pharma spend their money, but it's not pharma's doing this on purpose. They, they are opening up these programs because they know that patients need it. And this isn't a bash session on insurance, but, you know, you've seen as insurance over the last years. They have to cover more people legally now. And so where did they do? They started raising copays for certain events. Um, so people pay more of the share. But um, a lot of those copays initially didn't happen at the doctor's office because they didn't want to shock their in- insured group right off the bat. And so they started raising tier rates of medications. And so I'm on a migraine medication and it's a generic but I noticed in the last five years, I used to be uh, a $5 copay, and now it's a $10 copay. Um, but originally, it was like a $2 copay. Um, and That's so, up. you know, the studies show, if you go out to the to NIH and look at different um, studies on copays, um, once copays start to push bash, past $25, every $5 it ticks up certain percentages of people fall off. Um, and, you know, we're, we're past the days of uh, all the copays. And so that's the reason why you see, you know, some big national pharmacy chains will have some generics that are all at $5 um, for certain meds because they're trying to get people um, onto uh, medication. But when you're talking about our branded partners, that there is no generic available because it's a brand yep. new drug and it really can input packed a, a patient's quality of life, um, they, they need to help and, and uh, they need to help with that copay. So the pharmaceutical company will help with that farm with that copay. Um, and it helps them with their quality of life and it helps them adhere. And any of this in terms of driving costs down in the health system, in my opinion, is attacking things ahead of time. Preventative medicine is way cheaper than, Oops! Oh crap! I've got to go into the into the ER, or I've got to see my doctor now. And you know, any of that post post an issue uh, care is way more expensive, and so it's easier to help multiple patients get become a controlled diabetic or a controlled asthmatic um, versus maybe a small percentage that have some issues and end up having to go into the health system. Yeah. And so anything that we can do to help that, but I guess to circle back to your original question from a broad perspective, billions of dollars available every year, less than 20% get used. 
we've got to use technology to get that uh, at the right, the right message at the right time in front of the HCP uh, while the patient is there. All right. Matt, just one last question for you. And it's kind of the crystal ball question. Um, what's next, really? Um, what do you see DocCare doing to help keep bringing down the cost of healthcare care um, in an even grander scale? So our whole focus is uh, is right message at the right time, different types of messages, all within the HCP's workflow to help drive down those costs. And so we're working on products uh, that are uh, easy for an HCP just to click a button to uh, help uh, get information to the, the right companies for uh, getting patients enrolled in clinical trials or they need more information. Uh, pharmaceutical companies have uh, kind of a division called uh, um, MSLs, Medical Science yeah. Liaisons. And HCPs all the time are like, man, I, I mean, these are the science people, the PhDs and the, the, the people that know the science behind different disease states. And so uh, docs would love to be able to get information back from those MSLs, but it's hard um, because they're like, I, I have no idea who I would contact, who my MSL is especially in these days of post-COVID or kind of still in COVID. Yeah. Visits to health systems and stuff like that are all, you know, vendors can't go see them. And so we're trying to make it easy for uh, docs to reach out to get that right information at the right time and around clinical trials, around questions clinically needed. Um, and so anything that we can do that can continue to help provide the HCP with the information they need to treat that specific patient they're right in front of. Anything we can do to help them practice their medicine more efficiently will help drive costs down because, again, um, the better patient care preventively is much better on the back end to reduce readmissions or revisits um, or things that, that just go, go wrong. Matt, thank you so much for joining me here today. This was an amazing education. And uh, hey, let's uh, let's revisit again in uh, six months, a year, to see how the uh, program keeps progressing. Would love to. I really enjoyed the conversation with you today, Larry. All right. That was Matt Botkin, the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Health Systems at DocCare. I am Larry Dobrow, the Editor-in-Chief of MM&M. Thanks so much for joining us today, and be well. 